Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I'm your host, Alex Sanchez. Rejoining me back after a week off, growing up before our eyes, is David Gasper. David, how does it feel to be so uh, responsible, uh, responsible adult? It's exhausting. I hate it so much. <laughs> In case you are. Why is that. adulting so difficult sometimes? Yeah. Uh, not to say that you were not an adult before, but you uh, you kind of have a you know you've ventured off into the world on your own um, with yeah. an apartment that sounds like it's going just swimmingly for you based on what we oh yeah just just air. having a great time over here and uh, you are even starting a new job as well so a lot of exciting things so we gave you the week off um, and now we're forcing you to be back on this week um, although mentally you're still quite exhausted. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's been a it's been a day over here at uh, Casa de Mi or whatever you call it. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a day. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. Well, it's glad to uh, we're glad to have you back over here. Uh, Scott Green joined us last week in your spot. Did an excellent job. But uh, it's good to have the gang back together. So, what are we going over this week? Well. We always talk last week, especially. I don't know if you had a chance to listen or not, but last week we had a very, very deep dive onto guys that, you know, I had to look up and kind of remind myself who they were. And, and I, we were looking up guys that, you know, we hadn't checked on stats for months at a time. And so we got into a really deep dive. And so we wanted to do a little bit of a opposite method and talk about the truly elite guys and the top 10, top 15 prospects, and really just kind of see what their ranking is now, and especially in terms of dynasty, uh, where they might end up in a trade. Would you trade, you know, Ronald Acuna for Bobby Witt Jr., uh, or vice versa? Which one, you know, which side would you rather have? So that's going to be our main, our main topic of discussion today. But of course, we will start with the news and notes. So, um, to get you back into the game, if you will, here, why don't you lead us off, David, with your exciting piece of news this week with your boy, Hedbert? Yeah, my boy, Hedbert, moving on up to the Carolina Mudcats to low A, uh, dominated uh, the ACL, hitting, I think it was, what, 326, something like that, uh, hitting over 300, had an OPS over 900 uh, down there in the ACL. Moving on up to low A uh, starting this week, and had his debut last night. Didn't go super well, um, but he he's uh, back in the lineup in the two spot uh, today for the uh, first place Carolina Mudcats down there uh, in their in their division. Uh, so that's that's really fun to see. Uh, really excited to see what he can do in uh, in full season ball there as an 18 year old. Um, and even the Carolina Mudcats recognize me as the CEO. Of the Hedbert Perez hype train. I was just a conductor, but the Carolina Mudcats have promoted me via Twitter up to the CEO. So uh, I got that going for me. Um, and a clear room on that roster, Sal Freelich, first round pick this last year, moved up to high A Wisconsin. And I actually got to see him last night. I went to the, the Timber Rattlers Snappers game uh, last night and got to see Sal Freelich. So that was 
that was pretty fun to see. Um, I also got to see Victor Victor Mesa, who had a really good start to that game, but he left uh, with a um, injury that was very kind of uh, confusing because nothing really happened. He just started walking in from center field and called for the trainer. I was very confused. Um, I haven't seen any. I also haven't looked for any news on that, but um, very, uh, very interesting night at the ballpark last night, I'll say. You know what? On Sunday, uh, we we had our adult league baseball game. I was pitching, and the same thing happened. My left fielder just starts running in and says he needs to come out. And uh, then he went and threw up somewhere, and that was it. He took, you know, so that maybe that's what it was. He just felt sick and threw up, and that's all it will be. Could be. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. All right. With, yeah, I mean, that seems the most reasonable explanation. Who is the famous philosopher who says the simplest explanation is often the correct one anyway i'm not I, victor victor mason do we isn't I mean, that occam's razor there you go very nice impressive that's right very good yeah <laughs> they call you so, a teacher <laughs> yeah well i was testing you so ah okay <laughs> going from your brewers to my padres if they are my padres but I have a promotion as well, uh, and that is Robert Hassel III is going from low A, which makes me sad because that means I have to travel to Fort Wayne now to go watch Hassel. Um, so you don't want to do that? He's no, no. He's I mean, not on uh, you know on a will willy nilly trip. You know, I got to plan that one out. I don't want to have to plan out a, a trip. I like to just oh, I want to go to a minor league game and see Hassel. That was so that was so fun. But he definitely deserved it, especially after. Um, he was hitting 323, 415 on base, 480 slug. The slug's not too impressive with only seven homers, but 31 steals. He just looked dominant, at, you know, at that level. So it's it's very nice to see him get promoted. I would assume maybe he gets promoted even um, early next year after um, starting in high A. And, and we're seeing him in double A as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. Very exciting stuff. Very optimistic on his future going forward. Very same trajectory as our boy Zach Veen, which we've been playing up here for a couple of weeks now. Um, I don't know if you saw last week, but when Veen hit for the cycle after we talked him up for a week, that was really nice to see. Um, what else do I got here? There, I mean, we have Kiebert Ruiz is back up with the Nationals. And for some reason, I thought he was making his like major league debut. And I forgot that he did that last year in 2020. So that's not too exciting of news, but he's going to probably be up now for uh, the long term for Washington. We'll see how he does. He hasn't been too great in the two games he's been playing. My boy Hunter Bishop was placed on the 7-day IL again. Just a lost season for Hunter Bishop and I really was expecting uh, you know, a great breakout season for this guy and uh, the tools are off the chain, but this has been really disappointing and uh, with the minor league amounts of news that we get we just don't know what it is even now I'm looking at it it's still undisclosed injury so this is you know it's just really frustrating and we'll see what it does for his long-term career and his uh, trajectory that he has but obviously losing a year he's 23 years old like how did that happen where did where did time go you're just drafted hunter and now you're 23 and barely played any games so anyway any thoughts on that hunter bishop Kiebert Ruiz, um, anything to add to that? Um, I mean, it's it's exciting to see Kiebert Ruiz finally get a 
a chance, uh, regular playing time in the big league, see what he can do. I mean, he was really blocked out there in Los Angeles. So, you know, he'll, he'll get a chance to play just about every single day for a really uh, poor Nationals team, uh, to be honest. But uh, it'll be good to see what he can do. Yeah, I think that um, the Dodgers still stole those two guys. As it was very oh, frustrating yeah. seeing Trey Turner. I was I went to the the Braves Dodgers game last night, um, and seeing Trey Turner just pissed me off a lot on that stupid Dodgers team. Um, another guy I want to talk about right now. We haven't talked about him too much, and I don't even recall where we had him. I don't think he was too high, and when we did our little mock top 100, but I'm looking at his stats here. Take a look. Listen to this line. He's hitting 300, 370. He is 16 home runs in high A, recently drafted with a top pick in uh, 2020. That's Nick Gonzalez. He has been absolutely mashing lately, hitting 361 in his last 11 with 23 extra base hits. Nick Gonzalez, I just wanted to get your thoughts on him and because I just feel like we haven't talked about him too much. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, the the book on him coming into that draft was that he's a really good hitter. Um, so, I mean, seeing him hit for a high average like that, certainly not surprising. The power uh, is a little bit more than, than I was expecting there. I mean, 16 home runs, right? Uh, 19 not- doubles, bunch of triples. I mean, that's if he adds power legitimately to his game, um, that's. That, that's a whole nother level for him. I mean, being, I mean, he's an offensive minded second baseman as is. Um, but instead of just having the big hit tool and, you know, getting some stolen bases, if he can get some power mixed in with that, uh, that really ups not only his real life value, but his fantasy value. Yeah. I just feel like what, for whatever reason, we haven't talked about him for too much. And, but what was he? The it's third the pirates. Third pick? <laughs> well, he, he was the third pick. Is that, Am I crazy with that fourth pick? Seventh overall pick. Seventh overall pick. Still, uh, you know, single digit pick guy that, yeah. you know, a lot of people should be excited about and, and has done nothing to disappoint us so far. He so. may not be Hudson Head, no. but. No, he may not. Be. He, might he may be better be than Hudson Head. He might actually um, be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have a season ending injury to report here, and that's Jordan Lawler, shortstop that was just drafted this year for the Diamondbacks. He had to repair his uh, a labrum tear, which is not great to hear. Um, any concerns with him going forward? I mean, it's he's far too young to give up or anything like that. I just kind of bummed out to, to hear that news. Yeah, I mean, with, with the labrum tear, especially in his, uh, it's his throwing shoulder, isn't it? Or is it his glove shoulder? Um, that I don't have. I would imagine. Let's see here. I would imagine it's his throwing shoulder. Yes. Let me see if I can. For the report, go ahead and uh, give me your thoughts on Lawler. I know you you know him probably yeah. a little bit better than I do. Yeah, so I mean Lawler, I mean coming into the draft, I mean he was you know potentially you know number one overall pick, but I mean uh, for him, I mean that's that that could really kind of hurt him, especially as a shortstop, um, because if he's not able to um, continue to to or to get back to what he was defensively. That may end up having to move him off of shortstop into second base or something like that, which could uh, really hurt his fantasy value um, if he can't provide the the type of offensive numbers that he's expected to as a shortstop. 
Um, so, I mean, that, that could change some things there. It's something to definitely watch um, if he can remain at that position is, going uh, forward. Left left shoulder injury. Okay, so it's his glove shoulder. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so, so, yeah, so that helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, in a sense. Yeah. But that's that's also his lead shoulder um, yeah. when it comes now to the swing. Is more, yeah, the hitting is more of a concern. Yeah, because doesn't uh, doesn't Fernando Tatis Jr. have a left shoulder yeah. injury? One, yeah. yeah, so that's the one that you're, you know, if you're a violent swing and then you do that one arm follow through, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on that left shoulder. And Tatis had to change his entire swing. And granted, he leads the major leagues and home runs by like nine and reinvented his swing midseason. But I'm just going to guess that that's not the case for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, also, Tatis is trying to play through it. Uh, he knows he's going to have to have surgery in the offseason, but he's trying to play through it. Lawler is not currently trying to play through it. He's just, he's getting surgery and he's fixing it, yeah. um, which Tatis is probably going to have to do this offseason. Um, but so we'll, we'll kind of see uh, where things end up with him. Certainly, like, be cautious. Certainly keep an eye on it if you, um, I suppose, no one's really done their first-year player draft yet. But uh, if you plan on, on picking them up in the first-year player draft, that's something to definitely keep an eye on for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I it could it could push them down boards in your first-year yeah. draft. There's definitely some people that have or are doing it close in this time. So I don't think it's crazy to, to mention that. Um, we do have an, an, a promotion uh, for a pitcher making his first MLB start. And I think we kind of predicted this on the show a few weeks ago that he'd be the first one. And that is Joe Ryan for the Minnesota Twins. He's going to start as we record this. So we don't have much information on that. But exciting to see Joe Ryan give the Twins something as they move forward. Um, It's still quite bright in Minnesota, despite the fact that this year was a mess. I don't know how they fell so hard after being really good last year. But, you know, you're going to have. Uh, Kirilov coming back, Larnick after, you know, a year of experience. Then you have Royce Lewis coming back. And now you have some prospects that you added thanks to trading off some veterans. So I think the Twins are going to perform a quick, quick rebuild here. But uh, excited to see Joe Ryan. I've always liked him a lot. And uh, another guy, and I'll let you talk about these after I mention this will be kind of the last part of our news here, is Jackson Kowar is coming back up um, for the Kansas City Royals to start also on Wednesday as we record this podcast. His results after being sent down have not been super encouraging, but they were really, really nice before the call-up. So hopefully he's figured out some things or at least trying to work on some stuff and then can come back and be the guy who I really think he can be. And again, I think I've said this to you, the pitch that halted my baseball career was the change-up because I just could not see the difference when I got, when I encountered a good one. And Jackson Kowar has a great changeup. So I'm going to be very, very optimistic on him going forward, despite the results telling me otherwise so far. Joe Ryan, Jackson Kowar, anything to add on your end over there, David? Not really. I mean, yeah, two good pitchers. Uh, well, I'm excited to see kind of what they can do at the at the big league level. Yeah, and then we're going to start seeing some more promotions here. I mean, today is September 1st. Um, what did uh, We'll end with this. I bet Scotty Green last week that Bobby Witt Jr. would make his Major League debut this year. Do you think we're going to see Bobby Witt Jr. moving forward in the next 30, 35 days? Ooh, man. I don't know. I... 
it almost makes sense for the Royals to wait. Um, just because, I mean, he's so young. And if you wait until, um, you know, the third week or something of 2022, you can get him for an extra year. Um, although we'll see what happens with the CBA this offseason if that changes. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll pull the trigger. Well, he's doing everything he can there at AAA, actually putting up better numbers, or at least very comparable numbers to what he was doing in AA. I mean, he's up to, let me do some quick math here, 28 home runs, 22 stolen bases. Just insane. He is going to be something else. And we're going to get into Bobby Witt. And when we come back from the break, so hold tight. After we uh, we come back, we will be discussing the elite of the elite, the best of the best, the prospects, what they're worth, what we think they might be worth moving forward. So stay tuned. David Gasper, Alex Sanchez, Futures Focus here. We'll be right back. We're back. Futures Focus here. Alex Sanchez, David Gasper joining you. We are talking the elite of the elite. Last week, we talked about some guys that maybe you'd never heard of or didn't know much about. Today, if you listen to this podcast, you know your prospects, or at least are you have a good idea that there's some good ones out there. Maybe you don't know all of them, and that's why you're, you're tuning in, and we thank you for that. We really appreciate, again, everybody listening and the support given to this podcast keep listening we love it we love having you but we wanted to talk about the elite guys okay so first off let me just ask you a simple question david who is your number one prospect on your board right now go oh man you can't treat franco's obviously graduated too yeah yeah i know that um which, by the way, as you think, Franco, just amazing what he's doing. I don't know if he's getting the recognition he deserves. I think he just I, hit a home run off Chris Sale like a minute ago. He's incredible. I mean, he got off to, a, obviously, the great debut, a couple days of awesomeness. Then he kind of sucked. There's no doubt. But since that point, like, he's had such an encouraging debut. It's insane. And I don't hear much about him anymore. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah. I, I'm so excited to keep watching it. All right. With that being said, you had time to think. Who you got number one? Uh, number one overall right now, I think I got to go Bobby Witt Jr., you know? Yep, I do know because I agree with you 100%. All right. <laughs> well, glad we solved that problem. Yes, I think that's where I'm at right now. Now, we can also discuss some of the potential other ones. I mean, I guess right now – it would be a tier of Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez. Is that their own tier? Do you think, or would you? Put, are you going to put Rutschman in them with with them? I know you. I, I'd put Rutschman in there. Okay, so those three, and that's kind of the tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, it's kind of crazy to see what Julio Rodriguez is doing at Double A. As I said that, and I said I agree with you. 
my one argument against Julio Rodriguez is that he had such a long way to go before he was getting to the majors that a lot of things had to, you know, check out. But the dude's hitting 346 at double A. Yeah. I still take Bobby Witt and his shortstop and the speed that we're going to be getting. I think that Bobby Witt's speed is much more sustainable in the majors than Julio Rodriguez's speed will be, which I think it will be okay at the beginning. But, yeah, I agree. Bobby Witt Jr., number one prospect in the game. Again, it's just a question of when at this point. Uh, can't miss for you? Um, I, I think so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's... He was the number two overall pick in that in that draft for a reason behind Adley Rutschman. I mean, also um, for a reason. I mean, really couldn't go wrong with either either selection. Um, but I mean, especially with Witt coming out of uh, high school, perhaps maybe a bit more in the in the question marks of you know just because high school hitters are or high school players are just in general so much riskier. Uh, but he's proven all throughout the minor leagues that he's a he's the real deal. So. Uh, I I believe he's he's legit. I just ask anybody who disagrees with us to tell us why Bobby Witt won't succeed because he has the pedigree, like you mentioned, the second overall pick. He has the junior, and we've seen juniors be supremely successful here in the major leagues. He has the ethic, he has the speed, he has the power, and he has the bat, the defense. The position. What is to not like about that guy? I don't know. So I that's my know. that's my argument for him at number one. It Julio Rodriguez. If you wanted to put it number one, I'm definitely not going to be mad at you. But it would be the fact that he plays the outfield and he won't provide the same sort of speed that Bobby Witt. Granted, I imagine Julio will hit for a better average, better slugging, but. It's just not going to, it's going to, Bobby Wood's going to be such a rare talent that I just love him. And he's number one for sure. With that being said, then I, I just don't think that anybody that has Bobby Witt Jr. right now is going to sell him <laughs> to you. No, no, I wouldn't. But the question is, if you had Bobby Witt Jr. for whatever reason, and this is probably a unique to very select few, but if you have a Bobby Witt Jr. and you're heading into either the playoffs now or even next year with a very loaded major league roster and you just need one more piece, would you trade Bobby Witt away for somebody like, let's try to find, like Bo Bichette. So you get the guarantee of Bo Bichette now to help you to the playoffs. No. What about Juan Soto? Ooh, Juan Soto. The uh, you mean the guy that they've called the second coming of Ted Williams? So yeah, he had a secretly awesome year too. Like, yeah, they're they're going to rebuild that team, that that whole franchise around him. Um, and I mean, even with like what he'd currently have with him in the in the lineup, uh, he's still going to rake. Uh, he's still going to steal bases. Um, so, you know, maybe the RBI numbers may not be super great um, if you're in a league that, that really counts on RBIs. But I'd I'd take Juan Soto. Um, if if so, 
if I were able to trade Bobby Wood Jr. for Juan Soto, I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. It's it's crazy that like people are like, oh, Juan Soto, disappointing year. And we're talking about a 22-year-old with a 440 on base percentage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Juan Soto is going to be just fine. 440 on base percentage, 22 homers, 71 RBIs. Yeah, you can't trade Soto for wit. If you can get Soto for wit, absolutely pull the trigger. Um, so let's go somewhere in between. Um, what about Mike Trout? Oof. A little bit older. Yeah, a l- little bit older, but... Starting to be injury concerns around him now each year. But when he's in there... And you need yeah, when he's in there, he's he's phenomenal. And he was having, like, the best year of his career this year before he got hurt. Yep. Um, man. How it old just, is Mike Trout? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, 30, 31. Yeah, 30. 30. Well, it's, sad, it's sad to see him be 30. I liked it when he was in his 20s, you know? Oh, yeah. So did the Angels, too, but they completely wasted all of that. Yeah. Nice, nice going, Jerry DePoto and... Uh, uh, who was the guy that followed him? The former I Yankee dude. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Whoever he was, he wasted five years of his career. Um, and then now they got um, uh, Perry Manassian over there. And Yes, Perry's good. Former Brave. Yeah. yeah, he finally he realized that pitching was a problem, and he drafted 20 pitchers <laughs> this year. It's like, good job. Way, way to recognize the weakness in your system. Yeah, playing the odds. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Billy Epler, by the way. Billy Epler, that's that's the moron. <laughs> that's the moron. Like, like, how do you have Mike Trout and you get yourself Shohei Otani in the middle of that, and you can't even make the playoffs with that? Pitching. They just never got pitching. It's as simple as that. And, like, everyone knew it, too. Everyone knew they didn't have any pitching, and yet every year, every offseason, they would go for bargain yeah. bin pitchers. And then get they would go for guys on like one year, like $12 million deals, and every single person they signed was terrible. Like, how does every single free agent signing you make turn out to be, but like, even the odds, like, you have to have someone that works <laughs> out. Jeez. You go Rockies and Angels. Those are your, your two favorite franchises outside of the oh my god so Uh, inept so well we'll see we'll see if they can fix it with the pitching be quite interesting but you got to answer the question though trout for wit would you give (sighs) up bobby witt for mike trout knowing that you're a playoff contender in your league this year no because trout's not playing the the rest of this year um so is that confirmed did I miss that? Well, I, I saw that the other day that he yeah. may be done for the season, but okay. I, I don't um, know. I just, I'm, that's why I was asking if that was confirmed. Yeah. Okay, but if Trout were healthy, I would take Trout. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know, man. I just it's an outfielder that's thirty. Tough. What about Wander Franco? What about that one? Oof. Oof. Tough there. I, oh. Yeah, that's just that just kind of comes to if Franco was still prospect eligible you know where where would you have that, him that, ranked first that's Witt? probably unfair because i just don't know what i mean mike trout makes sense a team that's trying to rebuild would go i mean what team is rebuilding with frank like trading franco for wit that's probably yeah that, that just 
You need older guys, right? It, it wouldn't really even make sense. Yeah, like Mookie Betts, that's another good one. Having yeah. signed a runoff year, Mookie Betts for Bobby Witt? Mm. Honestly, I might keep Witt. Yeah, I don't like Mookie Betts. He robs too many Braves home runs. It pisses me off. <laughs> robbed another one last night. Right in front of our seats this time. We were sitting oh, right there. Yeah, that's he upsetting. just robbed it. I hate that guy. Okay, let's move on. Um, we love Bobby Witt. He's both of our number ones. And I think it's probably pretty safe to say that Julio Rodriguez is both of our number twos. I'm going to just assume that. Uh yeah, probably. I, I think Adley Rutschman could make a case, but uh, Julio, yeah, especially with the way Julio's been hitting, uh, definitely putting him up there. Yeah, I think this is a, just a friendly reminder episode that these elite guys, and we probably need to establish a cutoff for these elite guys, but they're just completely so valuable that we need to talk about them sometimes. I think we forget because 20-year-olds doing what Julio Rodriguez is doing, and he has a 473 on base percentage in double A as a 20 year old is just insane. And they go on to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Maybe they don't do it the first year, but they do it eventually. You know, Bryce Harper doing this in double A, they do it in the big leagues. Like it's just the correlation between the success in the big leagues to these guys is like as close as it gets in the prospect world, at least. So how, how close, I mean, do we even need to ask this question then of those same types of names? Um, if you said no to like the Soto for wit or you said yes, I suppose. Right. You would yeah. probably say yes with Julio I'd imagine too. Right. I mean, they're very, they're yeah. very close in value. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if Soto's on the board, I'm taking them straight up. Yeah, exactly. So if we're starting a draft over, I think that's a good question to do. Let's go down the list a little bit then, because I think after the Julio Bobby Witt, to me, they're, that's their own tier. I don't think I'm putting Adley in that tier, but it sounds like you are. Um, yeah, is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in Adley. Are, yeah, Plus, absolutely. I also have him in two of my leagues, so that's partially why I'm also a big believer in Adley. Oh, and I am too. It's it, And if he was, if you told me that he was going to catch half of the year and then play first base the other half of the year, I might then start to put him in. I'm just worried what the catching is going to do for him. Um, that's it. That's it. Otherwise, he'd be mm-hmm. tier tier one for me, too. But he's having a great year, too, and now in AAA. As a, he is a little older, granted, but still hitting 369 in his uh, 51 at-bats in AAA. Or I'm sorry, 65 at-bats in AAA. Sensational. Anybody else join those three guys, then, for you? Uh, right now, I don't think so. I agree. I don't, there's nobody else for me. So for me, I'm talking about, I guess, my second tier, which I would have Adley in there. Um, and it sounds like um, you have your tier then. So let's start that kind of that tier two, guys. Um, for me, Torkelson. Torkelson is in there. Rutschman is in there. CJ Abrams is in there for me. Is that true for you as well? Yeah. Okay. Marco Luciano is in there for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on Luciano. Yeah, yeah, I think Luciano should be in there. Also, uh, Noelvi Marte. So, Noelvi Marte has moved into that tier. I think I'm going to agree with you as well. Um, Brendan Davis, getting a lot of love this year. Is he in that tier now for you? Um, yeah, I, I think the second tier is definitely going to be a lot 
uh, bigger here. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Davis, especially with his performance this year, uh, has put himself up there. Riley Green. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think I agree on all of that. Now Zach Veen. Got, I don't know if I'm going to put him. Would you put Veen up there? Oh God, I want to. But I, I think I'm ending there with tier two and starting right. a third tier with Veen in that tier. So are you putting Veen, you think, up there in tier two? Um, nah, nah. I mean, it, it's close, but it's I, I think you can start off tier three. Yeah. So then just a few other names, maybe Jason Dominguez. Would he be up there? I don't think so for me. In tier three or tier two? Two. Two? No. No. Corbin it's Carroll? still too early. Corbin Carroll might be like a guy that I'm going to put in there because really it's an injury. And is that fair to take him out? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Royce Lewis has kind of fallen too. And, you know, he just had his injury. True. True. Okay, let's talk about one of those guys then here in Tier 2, because I think what happens when we do this is that the Tier 1 guys have essentially the same value when it comes to Dynasty rankings. You know, they're not going to be too far apart. And then Tier 2 guys, essentially, like if I say, hey, would you rather have uh, Noelvi Marte or Torkelson? Like, they're, they're just very, very close. But I would much rather have those top Tier 1 guys than those top Tier 2 guys. So... I think that's where we're establishing the difference. So let me then ask you a few questions dynasty-wise of some older, more established players and see if you're willing to trade these young guys again. Same sort of scenario. You're playoff bound, need that one last piece. Um, I'm going to go for a little bit different names here as well. So Bryce Harper, this guy's team, he's rebuilding. He needs help. He's going to offer you Bryce Harper. And you happen to have... Uh, let's go C.J. Abrams, since he's a little injured right now. So mm. what about Harper for Abrams? Man, that's tough. That is that is tough. Harper's playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 28 still. So how is he still 28? <laughs> because he came up when he was 19. Yeah, my God. Like... <laughs> We're, we're going to be asking the same thing of Juan Soto in a couple of years. It's like, how is he still just 27 years old? Yeah, I know we are. Yeah. Um, God, that's tough. I don't know. I'm. I think I, I'm, 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 I might have to take Harper. Yeah. If if I'm making a playoff push for like if I'm pushing my chips in for this year, I, I'd trade Abrams for Harper. I guess. Would you? I mean, I know you have a little bit more of an attachment to Abrams, so this may be difficult for you. I don't want to give him up because I just feel like he's going to be so hard to replace when he if he hits his prime. Like, there's just nobody's going to be able to do what he does. So, I mean, part of it might depend on what else you have in your minor leagues in in your uh, farm system for prospects. You know, if you've got say two like really good like say you got abrams and you also have um let's see who else here um austin martin if you got abrams and austin martin you know it's like yeah you know maybe might be a little bit more willing to give up abrams 
I, I also kind of hate Bryce Harper too. I think that <laughs> ah, that that could also be a reason for it. But um, I think you're probably uh, being more sound of mind. You're actually probably right. I think Abrams' injury also pushes it in that direction, where you don't know. You know, and a broken leg is a broken leg. You think he comes back fine, but you know, there's a there's definitely a world where he he's never the same. And so um, Bryce Harper, it just doesn't ever not hit either <laughs> no he always hits even if his average might be a little bit lower he's gonna hit a lot of bombs and he's still stealing he has 12 stolen bases so harper's yeah. probably the right call let me go a little bit higher than for you and give you a just a different name to mix it up so you have uh brennan davis and you can get Hedbert perez no i'm just kidding <laughs> yes <laughs> you can get um Somebody who's a tad older. Oh, let's say you need some pitching. How about that? Let's do that. Oh. And you can get, you know who I'm going to ask, right? Who? You can get one of Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff in exchange for your Brennan Davis for your playoff push. Okay. This is unfair because in whatever league I'm in, I have already acquired at least one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> I drafted them at the beginning. Um, no, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. Steve. Yeah. Asking me to, to trade a Cubs prospect in exchange for uh, a Brewers pitch that I like, I don't think this is a fair question for me. I think this is, a, this is a better question for you. If you had Brennan Davis, would you trade him for one of Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff? Yes. I would trade him for Burns. I think. Okay. Especially if I have a playoff team, I think Burns is just going to be so valuable for a playoff team. You're damn you know, right. You're getting, you know, you're getting those K. There's only a handful of guys that you can rely on now in the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, the K's, the lack of walks. 20 um, walks on the year is just insane. <laughs> yeah, insane. Insane. So he gives you everything that you need uh, from from that perspective. So, yeah, if you, if you could get Burns for that, I, I'd say do it. I wouldn't do it for Woodruff, I don't think. I think that two years of age difference makes a big deal to me. No, I would still for Brennan. You're right. I would. Um I'm trying to think of some other pitchers. Like DeGrom, but I mean that's hard because he's out. Yeah. And plus whoever has DeGrom likely is not gonna be willing to trade him. Yeah, I, I think that's such a weird case. Um but like after that, like it, there's no elite I think the elite pitchers are, you know, Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller. Jacob DeGrom, your two guys, and then like Kevin Gosman. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah. I want to roll into the playoffs with Kevin Gosman as my ace, and I have Brennan Davis, or do I want to roll into the playoffs with Burns and no Brennan? I think you have to make that move. It doesn't, it might backfire one pitch, right? <laughs> but no, um, it could happen. All right, let me find one where uh, you would do it then. Let's try to go, uh, you would not do it. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say here. Um, would you give a? I want to. I want to ask you this, and then have you say you would not give up a Cubs prospect for this guy. Do you know who I'm thinking of? No. Christian Yelich. Oh man. <laughs> I just want to hear you say it, because I don't think I would give up Brandon Davis for Christian Yelich. I wouldn't. I. I don't think I would not. But would you? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm still a, a big believer that Yelich will uh, be able to get back to form. What What have you uh, seen? And I'm just curious. I'm not trying to question you. What so, have, I haven't seen it. What have you seen that gives you that? So over the past few weeks, uh, he's he's been hitting a lot better. He's had a 
pair of like nine game hitting streaks and it was only broken because he had a pinch hit appearance where he had a line shot out the middle that ended up getting caught. Um, otherwise, it would have been a hit. Um, but really, he's hitting the ball hard again. He's hitting the ball to the opposite field again, getting a little bit more lift on the ball. He hasn't had the home run power show up yet, um, but he is he's looking very much back to his old self. Um, at the very least, his Miami Marlins self. Uh, hitting the ball to all fields, you know, extra bases, using his speed, that kind of stuff. Um, so that those are some really positive signs right there. And I, I think he's getting into a, a good spot where he's feeling good. Uh, and I think that power's is uh, going to follow shortly thereafter. Yeah. Can he just get his season-long slugging above 400, and then I'll be happy? That'd be nice. <laughs> I, I would so very much love to that, too. So ugly to see. Um I mean, okay, but Brennan Davis then for Christian. You're still holding on to Christian? I'm still holding on to Christian. Okay, that wasn't fair. Let me say, um, let me do, I just want to get you to say that. Would you still hold on to Christian? No, I would definitely, I would would keep Brennan. You can say, yeah, you're more of an impartial observer on that one. Yes, I I just, I don't think we're ever going to see the Christian that warrants uh, giving up Brennan Davis again. I think we'll see a Mar. I like your Marlins Christian Yelich idea. Like, I think we might see that for sure, but I don't think that's worth Brendan Davis is my point. What about, um, God, he's injured, but let's just say he's coming back next week. Jesse Winker. Hmm. Who was having a phenomenal season. Would you give up Brendan Davis for Jesse Winker? I like Winker, but I don't think I would give up uh, Davis for him. Okay, so that's the line. Good. I, I think that's that's pretty fair. I think I'm a little bit I, – I, I baited you into that with Yelich. But I think that's the range you're looking for. Um, definitely quite a bit lower, you know, in terms of uh, where these guys are compared to the, the top-tier guys. But that's why there's only, you know, two or three elite, elite prospects. Um, all right, so let's just jump down to like kind of that fourth tier. Obviously, this fourth tier is going to be a little bit bigger. Um, and let's take a guy that's a little further away. Um, I'll give you the option. Let's let's Zach Veen, Jordan Walker, um, or Hedbert Perez. I think. Okay, if you're the- asking me to trade Hedbert Perez for anybody, the answer is probably going to be a no. Okay, no. Okay, how about Michael Harris then? Okay, sure. And then you can bait me as well. <laughs> so take, I think those guys all belong in the third tier. Do you, uh, are you ready to put Michael Harris into the third tier? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, fantastic. We're friends. Great. What about Jordan Walker? <laughs> kind of snuck that one in there. That's quite a big jump for Jordan Walker to go into like a third tier. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was showing up really well on the lower levels of the minors. And I mean, we'll see how he does as, as he, you know, goes up the system. You know, obviously, uh, he's going to be young for his age at, at any level, being a pick out of high school. But, um, you know, he's he's really kind of earned it this year. I think, uh, I don't know if I would put him in tier three. But anyway, that's sort of the range of guys. Um, they're, you know, little, this this tier is much bigger, right? If we wanted to kind of go even down further like um Grayson Rodriguez would pro- you know you have, you probably have Grayson in your second tier I'd imagine yeah maybe maybe but definitely yeah. third yeah definitely third. Jordan Groshans he sounds like a third tier player yeah 
Marcella Meyer. Yeah. George Kirby. We, yeah, where we stop is like, like, hmm, I'm trying to think here. Like Reed Detmers, yeah. New York, Brandon Marsh. Yeah, I mean, if we can even count Marsh anymore. Okay, so let's stay in that. Let's take Zach Veen, our guy here. Oh no, you know what? Let's take some guy we we haven't talked to. Let's take Jordan Walker. Okay, you got Jordan Walker. You got this 19-year-old. He's a ways away, even if things are going swimmingly now. He's in high A. He has a lot of things he needs to work on. He's not making it up this year. He's not making it up next year. And there isn't a chance a chance that he doesn't even make it up in 20. I don't even know what year that 23. is. 23. 23. And let's say you know he's got a long way to go. There's just no doubt about that. And a lot can go wrong. You know, ask Corbin Carroll, ask Hunter Bishop. They they can get things swept from under them in a second. So, Jordan Walker. Let's see. What about Austin Nola? You need that playoff push. Austin Nola, 28-year-old. Would you give up Jordan Walker for Austin Nola? Or, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> not. You mean Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola, yes, Aaron Nola. Yeah. Austin Nola, no. Aaron Nola, eh. Maybe. <laughs> eh. I think I would do that. Yeah. Again, pitching, I mean, you forget how, how hard pitching is to get at the end of the year. Like, there's not a lot of pitchers you can rely on right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bieber, Flaherty, who knows? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. You, have, you know, Luke DeGrom, who knows? You have the guys we talked about earlier. You're not getting those guys for Jordan Walker. Um, then you're left with like Trevor Rogers, your boy Kevin Gossman. <laughs> my boy. I don't know about my boy Kevin Gossman. You, you Darvish, like it's such a drastic in Lance Lynn is injured. Yeah. Alex Manoa is a rookie. I remember someone on this podcast telling me that uh focusing uh heavily on getting pitching uh was a poor strategy. I that just shows my poor strategy. All the guys you relied on would would not be there right now because there's just none. It just they all just go away. But also the few reliable guys that there are, you got to try and get them while you can, because there's not that many that are going to be available and trading for them is going to get very expensive. Especially during the playoff time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. This type of year, you need pitching like good luck trying to get it. So. So you you agree, Jordan Walker for um, Aaron Nola sounds good, right? Yeah. But let's say. One of those guys is just being really stingy, and uh, I'm going to go down quite a bit. What about, I'm, I'm trying to look at age, too. Luis Castillo, that's a good one. Mm. Luis Castillo, the guy says, I want Jordan Walker. Can you rely on Luis Castillo in the playoffs? I wouldn't. Um, Castillo's been so up and down this year. I mean, he had a stretch where he was terrible. Yeah. Then he had a stretch where he was really good. And then now he's out? been back on a stretch where he's terrible. And now he's um, so I I would not trade for, for Luis Castillo. Interesting. Interesting. Um, would you? I think I'd. You almost have to. It's like you, you don't even have a choice. If you need pitch, if you need pitching, like yeah, if, if you need it. To do. Yeah, I'm thinking just kind of looking looking straight up at it. Um, right, because I agree. Yeah, if, if you're desperate for it, then that's a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, 
so many older guys are hurt. It's crazy. <laughs> Every old decent pitcher is hurt. Um, Trevor Bauer. No, just kidding. Um, oh, no, don't don't even start with that one. Um, let's take 31 year old Kyle Hendricks. Oof. He's on a terrible team, but he doesn't walk many. He has 14 wins on a terrible team. Absolutely. Yeah, well, wins are a completely useless stat. Sure. Um, I just you wouldn't think that would have be able to happen, but he's done it somehow. Yeah. Um I feel so dirty trading Jordan Walker for Kyle Hendricks. It's almost assuredly that it won't work out for you. Yeah. Hendricks, does Hendricks get the big strikeout numbers or is he a no. low strikeout number guy? Um, he's a low strike. I'm just looking in the, his career for this year. Um, and it, you know, not very high. Yeah. So, so he's more of a pitch to contact ground ball six, kind of guy. 6.7 6. K per nine this year. Yeah, no. So he's not a big strikeout guy. Um, yeah, no, uh, like he, he's not going to give up much for walks, which is great. And you like that. And he's going to have a relatively low ERA. Um, but he's not going to get those strikeout numbers for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're in a league that, uh, you know, factors that in, uh, that's, that's going to make it a little bit tough to pardon for Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. I think I want to bring this back down uh, as we finish up here to some theory. Um, and we talked a lot of actual names, right? But the names don't necessarily matter because they're, they're the chance that, you know, you're dealing with these exact same names is probably very low. What I'm hoping we can discuss here as we end is the idea of trading these young guys for established major leaguers. And the things that we were talking about to look at, right? You got to take it to the age that you're getting back. You know, it's it's one thing for to trade a prospect for a 26 year old Corbin Burns versus a 31 year old Kyle Hendricks. Right. Even if right. they're let's say they're performing the same way, that age plays such a big deal that that has to be a consideration. And if you start to get to the mid 20s of established major leaguers, I I'm almost always going to be able to convince myself to give up a prospect that's not you know the elite of the elite what do you thought what do you think about that you know do we do we as a fantasy community hold on to our prospects more than we should or should we really hold on to these guys i mean i don't know um you know as we've kind of talked about previously this is my first year doing the the dynasty aspect of this so uh, i'm not really sure about how like everyone as a whole is on uh holding on to the prospects but um i mean that, that's really kind of the the big thing and the big reason to play uh dynasty and play with the same guys year in and year out um versus just doing redrafts and just you know drafting major new major leaguers every single year it's to get the guys you know when they're young um and, and get them coming up while you're excited about them and then seeing them perform at the big league level and, and you know having them throughout all the minor league years and like knowing like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. And then he finally comes up and he is good and you have him and everything. And um, so I think that that plays a part in it. Um, It's like you really fall in love with some of these prospects and really want them to succeed. And you want them to succeed on your dynasty team. And um, you know, if you have, you know, whatever team you're an actual fan of, then, you know, you want them to succeed for them as well. So it's, 
I think that's a lot of that's a lot of the reason that some people get into um, this type of of league um, to to hold on to them to to have these prospects and hold on to them and and focus maybe a little bit less on uh, the wheeling and dealing like the GM of a baseball team with you know zero emotional trying to operate with zero emotional attachment to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think the lesson that comes to mind for me as well is you have to do one of two things when it comes to dynasty leagues. And I think this does center around the prospects we're talking about. You either got to be going for it or you got to be completely bought into a rebuild and being in the middle is you, you just have to get lucky at that point where, you know, guys have career years that you didn't see coming. That's not a sustainable way to win multiple championships in your dynasty leagues. You got to either rebuild or you got to be a contender. And when you have two or three prospects and they're good, maybe they're not the elite ones. Again, we very rarely have the elite elite. So, you know, prospect number 10 to 50, whatever. And you have one or two of those guys and your roster is just okay. Then maybe it's just time to go for the rebuild and you trade away those guys. And if your roster is really good, and you have all these prospects sitting there, you know, um, trade them away and, and go for the championship. Now's the time. So you got to do one or the other. Um, and just an example of like, it's okay to sit on a losing team for a year or two and let these guys develop because they do develop. And I'm just going to take a personal example because um, I have it in front of me. Um, I have a team where I, I drafted a dynasty startup and I went young. I said 25 or younger only when I did my draft. Nobody older than that. And I don't care if I get last place. Guess where I finished that first year? Where? Last place. Ah, that shocking. Was a, that was a year ago. This year, um, and that also allowed me to pick the number one overall pick, who I turned into Spencer Torkelson. Didn't Solid. trade away any of the young guys or try to build like fixed the roster midseason because I was like, that's it. And, and I didn't have any old guys to trade. I'd, I'd committed to this. The next year, right now, I'm looking at my team, 144 and 122 in a categories league. Guys uh, on the roster, Guerrero Jr., right, Vladdy, Bo Bichette, Austin Riley, Joe Adele, um, Franmil Reyes. All these guys, you know, have taken huge jumps, This, especially like an Austin Riley and Vlad. Like those guys just went bonkers on me. And then I have a bunch of guys now in the minors coming up, um, Torkelson, Abrams as well. And so it worked, right? The rebuild worked. I didn't panic. Don't panic if you're rebuilding. Take your time. You might have to pay a few, but it's it'll work out if you're doing it right. And if you're listening to this podcast, I think you're you're doing it right. <laughs> So that's that's kind of what I have to say about that. And um, I'll be interested to see because you're in the playoffs, right, in our dynasty league, I'm assuming. Um, I don't think my team's been doing that well this year. Yeah, mine's. See, this is this is the team like it's the same sort of thing. Like there's nobody to trade that's old and my prospects are really good. And I'm just going to just write it out. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to, you know, rage drop guys or try to shake it up that that doesn't work right shaking your team up might be a temporary fix but in the long run you got to trust your gut and you got to either be going for it or you got to be rebuilding i think i'm i'm pretty stern in that mindset um we are in the playoffs right now and you are in it oh i am yeah oh wow i've yeah. i made quite the ferocious comeback here because i was 
I was sitting around like ninth or tenth for a while, and now I'm yeah. I'm sixth. Very nice. I made it. You made it, and you're winning this week. Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> who am I, who am I facing? See, you have a uh, it's a good example, right? Because you have a good farm system. It's not super loaded, but it's very good. And you yeah. have some aging. I got guys. Adley in there, so I got, I got one of the elite prospects. You got some elite guys, but you also have guys like Pollock, Yelich, Votto. You know, guys that. You know, if you're not going to, if you're on Castellanos the break, had two home runs today. Yeah, Castellanos, a great player. I noticed, I didn't mention him. I think he's a good building block. But those other guys, right? Yeah. You got to, you know, if you're going to go for it, then you build off of those guys and maybe you trade Rutschman or whoever, whatever it might be. You know, some of the I other traded, I had a Scherzer earlier in the year and I traded him for some prospects. Mm-hmm. Mostly because at that point, like, I was in like 10th place. And I was like, yeah, right. you know, like, uh, I'll, you know, trade the old guy for some prospects and get some, uh, um, you know, get some uh, future out of it. Mm-hmm. And now I trade Scherzer and I end up actually doing better. And I think so one you, other thing to mention here is in this trade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling and that I, up. You you can keep yeah, on talking. One other thing to mention is that we always want to get that, that when we do decide to rebuild and it's time to trade those guys away, we want to get Bobby Witt Jr. back. We want to get Julio Rodriguez back. But obviously the guys who have those, don't want to give them up easily. And sometimes it's just not going to be possible. And I think it's okay to get quantity at times and just put your eggs in different baskets instead of just getting the one prospect. So if a guy's interested in one of your aging guys, he just doesn't do it for you. He's too old. He's not in your roster. Um, and you, you want to get rid of him. And the only way you're going to get it is three or four lesser prospects, but, you know, decent ones. Go for yeah. it because we we've seen guys this year, Anthony Volpe, um, even Michael Harris, like guys that are outside of the top one Reginald Preciado. I'm um, just going down a list here. Nick Prado was in a top 100 guy. Like all these guys now, Blaze Jordan, they're they'll pop, and we have no idea yeah. who's gonna pop. Do, do you uh do you want to hear the the trade that I had for Scherzer? Yeah, because you were kind of this was your rebuilding move, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. So you're reloading. You're reloading. So, yeah, so th- this trade was with uh, with Nate, with, with the uh, commissioner. He proposed this one to me. So I gave him Max Scherzer, and he gave me Cal Raleigh, Dalton Jeffries, Cole Reagans, Bryce Ball, a fifth-round uh, draft pick this year, a fifth-round draft pick next year, and a fourth-rounder in 2024. Yeah, so this goes exactly to what I'm saying. I'm glad you brought that up right when I was saying my point because you're not going to get Bobby Wood Jr. for Max Scherzer, right? If you're playing in any sort of decent dynasty league, guys are not going to trade for a 36, 37-year-old pitcher and give you up uh, the studs. What they will do is give you a lot of decent guys, mediocre guys, even if you want to call them that. Jeffrey's, you know, solid, you know, pitching uh, prospect kind of guy. Cal Raleigh, same thing, kind of solid catching prospect, at least something in the interim. And a couple of lower level guys in Reagans and Ball. But then I got three future draft picks, you know, and especially with this draft being super deep, you know, getting an extra fifth rounder there. That's another really good player. Um, And a couple of late rounders moving forward. I mean, that that opportunity was too good for me to pass up. I didn't want to trade Scherzer, but he offered. I mean, the three draft picks and four prospects, and I mean Raleigh That's and Jeffries yeah. are already like. You're, you're telling me one of those seven isn't going to produce, you know, 
really, really above average numbers, I think the chances are definitely in your favor. And then like, yeah. two or three hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got more than you could ever imagine for Scherzer. And my pitching staff, like still, even without Scherzer, is really solid because yeah. as we've talked about before, I, I like to value pitching. Yeah. Um, I've got Corbin Burns. He's he's obviously my my top guy, runaway top guy or I don't even know about runaway. I've also got Garrett Cole. I've got Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns still leading my staff. Yeah. So and, I, and Kevin Gosman. So I'm doing fine. <laughs> See, I know I knew he was your boy. Yeah, you're. <laughs> and so like you needed to trade Scherzer, and again, you're not getting that top end prospect. So you did what you should have done, and that's seven guys. Now your team kind of turned it around on you, and that's going to happen. <laughs> Actually. You know, but hey, I mean, that is all is. the better then, because I still got those future guys too, and I'm succeeding. Yeah, and you're and you're a, a successful team. So, this is what I hope you know our listeners gather from our discussion today. It's not so much the names; the names are fun to discuss, and uh, I feel like we haven't talked about some of the elite guys in a while, and we should talk about them all the time because they're awesome. But it, you can again replace those numbers, take a look at your rankings. You know, if we're talking about tier three guys, tier two guys, make the adjustment and uh and see what you're doing i'm i'm i don't know how many trade deadlines are over with and whatnot i'm some leagues don't even have them um but hopefully this helped you out um i enjoyed talking about it david it's good to have you back on the podcast yeah good to be back missed you missed you it sounded great i would never have known that uh you were mentally checked out so well done (laughs) (laughs) but uh i think that's going to do it for us here on futures focus again i'm alex sanchez david gasper Thank you again for the support. Really appreciate the listens. We are just now wrapping up our top 50 lists, so you can check out the site if you've missed any of it or haven't checked it out. They are all complete or should at least be close to all complete at this point. And we are having our consensus top 100 or even it'll probably be more than that coming up soon. So, David, you got to participate in that. And uh, that'll be uh, a fun episode where we can break down and, and call out people for their mistakes and their <laughs> correct assessments of players can't wait to do that but uh check on the the lookout for that so um prospects 1500 check it out this is futures focus alex sanchez david gasper signing off see you next week guys